Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Gotta TV. We hope you had a great 4th of July. Summer's in full swing here at Gotta. Today's annual convention update is brought to you by Air Products. Air Products touches the lives of consumers around the globe in positive ways every day. Focused on serving energy, environment, and emerging markets, Air Products provides essential industrial gases, related equipment, and applications expertise to customers in dozens of industries. Be sure to check out the Air Products booth during this year's Contact Booth program on Monday, October 2nd. In our last episode, we introduced the recipient for this year's Gauda Gives Back, the Malama Family Recovery Center. Joining us first today is the original founder of Gauda Gives Back, Donna Mahoney. Donna, thank you so much for being with us today. Can you take us back to the start of Gauda Gives Back? Where did that initial idea come from and how did it all come together? Uh Gives Back uh, was initiated with an idea, as you know. Um, what happened was that Dave was elected president, and I was at work. It was the end of the day, and I said to myself, okay, so how can I be of help to Dave and to, at the time, it was NWSA. So I started to think, and an idea came to me that uh, when any of us are invited to someone's home for a party or for dinner or like that, we usually bring a bottle of wine or an appetizer or both as a way to say thank you to the host. And so that that's the concept. So I took the idea and brought it to Dave and he said, okay, we've got to bring it to the planning committee. Sounds good to me. So the planning committee was all over it. And they said, oh, yes, yes, yes. They were all, all about it. So uh, that was the start. Dave gave it its name. At the, at the time, it was NWSA Gives Back, which is now Gauda Gives Back. So take us back to that first year. Who was the original Gives Back recipient? And how did you determine who would receive it? I did some research and found that on the islands, and especially in Maui, uh, families were not the way they were traditionally, where they were able to care for their elderly loved ones during the day. So economic changes in, had that impact. So uh, there was a need for adult daycare. And uh, so I found Maui Adult Daycare, and they were looking for the funds to help increase their services in their catchment area. I also did some research to be sure that they were a sound organization because I know that the membership wants to be sure that these organizations are stable. So I also did that legwork too. We're returning to Maui this year for the convention 23 years after the first Gotta Gives Back took place there. What does it mean to you to be returning to the site of the first ever Gives Back? It, just it, the thought of it is the uh, anticipation uh, the excitement of uh, what we were doing, what Dave had done uh, with 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 his term, uh, just amazing, incredible. You've mentioned in the past that the idea behind Gives Back is a thank you to the local communities for opening their parks, beaches, highways, churches, and restaurants to convention attendees, and that you've made a conscious decision to focus on community-based charities rather than large national organizations. Can you expand on that idea a little bit? Yes, it, it was twofold. Uh, first, um, these large national organizations provide great services. Yes, however, they have the capacity to raise funds 
in an enormous fashion uh, compared to community-based organizations. They don't need us. But secondly, and equally or more importantly, they're based in the community. Their boards are comprised of local members of you know, attorneys and accountants and bankers and residents. So they have their finger on the pulse. They know the community. They know the people that they're serving. And they don't have the ability to raise funds the way these organizations do. Um, but also when they receive such a gift, they're able to attract funders, more funders. So it's really uh, such an exponential gift. Since it was first introduced, God It Gives Back has raised more than two and a half million dollars for local charities across the country. When you started it, did you have any concept that it could possibly get this big? And what does it mean to you when you hear that and realize what a legacy that you left behind on the association? I, I can't describe the feeling. Um, it's, it's overwhelming. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, no, we never expected that to happen in such a fashion. We had hopes that it would continue on from the first. Um, but I, I look back and I look at all the organizations, what, what it's a reflection on the membership. They have totally embraced the concept, the idea, the mission. And Gauda has left uh, such an incredible footprint, a mark in so many communities across this country, in Canada, in the Bahamas. When one person is served in this way, the, the domino effect, is the ripple effect is incredible. They're able to become productive citizens and contribute to society. Uh, uh, families become positive forces in the community. It's, it's amazing and it's, it's, it's the membership. It's a reflection on the membership. It's awesome. Is there anything else that you want to say to the membership before we go today? Thank you. Thank you so much. What, a, what an awesome thing you folks are doing. It's, it's incredible. Donna, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. To get involved with the 2023 Gotta Gives Back, click the link in the description below. We've got a great episode lined up for you today, so stick around right after a word from today's presenting sponsor, Weldcoa. Put Weldcoa's manufacturing expertise to work for you. Weldcoa has been creating solutions in manufacturing gas-related products for over 50 years. Its team takes the time to understand your fill plant environment and design a solution that meets and often exceeds the objectives. When you choose Weldcoa, you can rest assured that you'll be investing in the most dependable, made-in-the-USA products on the market today. We're here to support you, Gata. Get more with Weldcoa today. Joining us first today is Brad Davis, General Manager for Central Ohio Welding. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. Central Ohio has been a very successful and visible ESOP for some time now. Can you tell us about the early days of becoming an ESOP and the decision that went into it? So Central Ohio Welding um, is, a, is a very old company. We started in 1911. Um, we have had uh, multiple divisions over that time, fabrication, welding supply, gas distribution, um, during this long period of time, the family became, uh, that, that owned the company became very large and there were a lot of, uh, different people that had an ownership stake in the company. So in the nineties, the decision was made 
to form a succession plan or develop a succession plan uh, so that everybody could get taken care of um, and that everybody would feel like they were fairly treated. The ESOP program at the time um, looked like the best option because um, any other route would have to have too many votes or or too many arguments. So we started to become an ESOP in the 90s. Uh, in 2016, we became a 100% em- employee-owned company. So the last of the original ownership was, was uh, purchased and the employees fully own the company. Um, that has uh, some, some pretty clear tax benefits. Um, as well as uh, the employees definitely feel a lot more inspired once that 100% was put uh, on our on our uh, name. Um, the the decision had um, different ramifications over our history because um, during the during the time uh, shortly after the decision was made to become an ESOP, the company went through its worst financial. Um, financial issues um, that they had ever had. Um, the company uh, was heavily invested in some other companies that um, had financial issues and wasn't diversified enough. Um, and uh, so, so we barely hung on as an ESOP. Um, and um, now we've, you know, twenty years after the fact, we we're in we're in great shape. Now that every employee in the company is technically an owner, can you discuss how the company culture has changed? The change has really been, um, it's been in in relation to how we manage uh, the ESOP. So we are very transparent with, uh, with most of our financials, most of our strategy, most of the things we do from a day-to-day basis, on a day-to-day basis, and we, we, take that and combine it with um, the ownership aspect. And we find that those two things together really develop and help us develop an entrepreneurial culture. So a lot of the the best ideas we have have come from our employees. Um, the, The managers I have under me and myself, we consider ourselves to be gatekeepers. Someone brings a good idea to us, um, uh, employee generates a good idea. We look at it, and we we receive a lot more of those ideas um, now, being one hundred percent. And the buy in is incredible. Um, there is a there is a an issue with employee retention. Um, I think across multiple industries, uh, we have also noticed that we have a lot of younger people that we we have retained um, uh, millennials and uh, and uh, Gen Zs. That we have um, we have kept um, as employees, and a lot of it is we allow them um, the freedom and the entrepreneurship to develop their own ideas and to affect our business. It seems like more and more companies have executives who are reaching retirement age, and there isn't a built-in successor ready to step in. Why do you think that companies should consider the ESOP route rather than selling or closing the business? I think there's a couple of different answers to that. I, I think that um, as independent uh, uh, welding distributors, uh, members of GADA, I think that we perform some very valuable services to our customer base. Um, I think that uh, each community is different. Um, certainly here in Columbus, 
there are things that Central Ohio Welding does that would be different than in other markets, but we know our customer base. So I think there's an aspect of, um, uh, especially with manufacturing and contractors in different markets, we perform a vital service. And so, it, it, you know, the employees that may make up that GOTA member or that distributor member, um, they they have all the answers. They have all the the things that help the business in that local community go around. Um, and if you don't develop a plan uh, of succession to where they can continue to grow their skills, it can actually hurt your customer base. That's that's one aspect. Second aspect is um, an ESOP really allows you know the people in a company to feel like they're affecting things every day, and it's important because you you we have found that we don't have as many human resources issues, we don't have as many unmotivated employees. And, um, and every time we put in, uh, you know, a, a job uh, advertisement out on, on LinkedIn or on Indeed, we receive a lot of candidates be- because of that culture. So um, if, you're a, if you're someone who has uh, run a, a very successful family uh, gas distributor for years and you have a lot of great people you care about, you can do do a couple of great things. You can get back the investment um, that you've obviously put into the business, and you can you can carry on your legacy through all of these hardworking and entrepreneurial employees that have worked for you for all of those years. And and those two things combined can can you know can really service your community and also make sure that you have uh, you keep keep motivate employees over time. Central Ohio has been an ESOP since the late 90s and been a 100% ESOP for seven or eight years now. We're speaking with Brad Dunn and CK Supply later in this episode. You and he spoke during CK's transition to an ESOP. Can you share some of the advice that you shared with them? Brad and I uh, definitely exchanged some messages. Um, the one thing that I, I mentioned uh, to him was my, my background prior to this had been with all um, uh, large companies. and. Um, the ESOP thing was new to me when I started, and I found that if if done properly, you can really build a special culture within an organization because people can see, um, you know, they're going to get a stock statement every year. They're going to see how the company is doing financially, and they're going to have a vested interest in in growing the company. And I. Uh, really, I just, I just uh, was very excited for Brad and for CK, and and I think, um, you know, the, his company is is very impressive to begin with, and I think it's only going to get better, you know, after this. Is there anything else that you want to share with viewers before we go today? There are two things I, I really wanted to discuss. Um, one of the interesting things about ESOPs is there are lots of regional ESOP chapters around the country and there's a national organization for ESOPs. Some of the best ideas we have got uh, as an organization have come from completely unrelated industries that are ESOPs. But we all get together every year, sit down at at a, a two or three day event, talk about how we engage with our employees, how we get the most out of our employees, um, you know, kind of share best practices. So uh, one of the things I didn't know when I started uh, um, with an ESOP was I had this huge support network that I could call on um, throughout different industries. And then the, the second thing is that I would reiterate the fact 
that I believe we have um, younger generations of people, whether it be Gen Zs or millennials. And, and um, I think sometimes they, they get a bad rap um, that they get a lot of things thrown on them that they don't deserve. But I can say that in our experience as an ESOP, they want to feel like what they do every day makes a difference. They want to buy in to the message that you're selling them. And it, with uh, with an ESOP, it is very easy to develop a message. You can be transparent. You can say, this is what we're trying to do from an ownership standpoint. And it's amazing just how many great uh, uh, millennials and Gen Zs work for ESOPs and are happy. Um, so I think that's another aspect of ESOPs that should always be considered. Brad, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Bullbard Institute of Welding Technology is excited to offer a four-day Welding for the Non-Welder course. This course gives the non-welder a solid background and overview of the welding field, along with some hands-on experience with the major welding processes. It's ideal for purchasing agents, plant managers, manufacturers of welding products, distributor salespeople, supervisors, and more to gain an understanding of welding that will make them more proficient in a job that involves welding-related activities. Check out our website today for more information or give us a call at 937-332-9500. We're joined next today by CK Supply Executive Vice President and GAUTA Board Member Brad Dunn. Brad, thank you for being back with us today. Brad, CK originally announced that it had become an ESOP in 2021. Can you take us inside that decision-making process? Yeah, the decision to sell uh, your business in, in any form is a, is a big decision. And uh, one that had been on my father's mind, uh, second generation, for for a long time. But um, as many many know at Gata, there's only a few options for business owners to exit their business, and uh, ESOPs have a, a unique set of um, offerings that really appeal to him. Um, as far as a bin, uh, as a business owner, being able to um, continue the legacy and the commitment to the employees. And uh, we've always been rich in our, our benefits, and we've always had a really good partnership with the employees. And this was really just a, a formal way to um, cement that with a, uh, a retirement and ownership program. So it was his idea, and we didn't really think he would, he would want to do it in the middle of a pandemic and uh, us switching software. But uh, he, he laid down the challenge, and we wanted to do it confidentially. So... We had a small group um, internally, including Ned Lane, uh, our CEO and former Gauta president, and a few others. And um, we're excited about it. it. It's certainly a process which I, I can share about, but um, yeah, we got it done in about a 12 month uh, transa transaction cycle. And now we've been an ESOP for a little over two years. Once you decided that this was something that you were going to pursue, what did you do and who did you work with to ensure a successful implementation? One of the interesting things about ESOPs is they are uh, unique and different, but really in a lot of ways, they're the same thing. You're, you get to sell your business. Um, and I did not know much about them. I, I knew what they stood for. I've seen them. I interacted with them out in you know day-to-day -day world. But uh, other than that, I, I didn't know much about the inner working. So um, read a whole bunch of books and then reached out to uh, other ESOP companies, some at Gauta, some uh, I just outside the industry and heard their stories. And every 
single conversation made me more and more excited about it. Um, but one of the challenges with ESOPs is that they are highly regulated. So you need to have good advisors. And we were slow and deliberate in selecting the uh, the right lawyers, the right, right accountants, and the right lenders uh, from a banking perspective, because um, you, you want it to be uh, uh, regulated and you want it to be kind of all above board and, and have confidence in the employees that we're doing the right thing and that they're going to be taken care of. So um, is, for anybody interested in it, um, definitely take your time and, and make sure you're making good decisions. But um yeah, it was, it was about a year process, and um, overall, we were we were pretty happy with it. You mentioned that you've always had a collaborative relationship with the employees, but now that they've become owners of the company, has the company culture changed at all? The culture at CK has always been strong. We've always been a close-knit um, culture with a lot of tenure, but, it, you know, as the company grows and new people come in, um, you know, we, we've really been... Um, making an emphasis on ownership in ESOP education. So those types of things do not happen overnight. And especially with that kind of ownership mentality, it, it all sounds really good and great, but it, it also always comes down to, well, what what is it actually in it for me? And sh show me the money type of uh, mentality. So uh, we've stacked up two great statements with growth. And uh, now that you can actually see uh, shares in your company and uh, the fact that when we do good, the statements go up, uh, we're seeing some traction now. So, and and folks are seeing the fruits of their labor in, in actual retirement business, uh, retirement benefits. Um, the other thing is we, we just won uh, best places to work in St. Louis again, second year in a row. Uh, and we think all of the kind of the the improvements we've done in our retirement programs and ESOP is uh, playing into that. So, um, uh, and then on the other side, recruitment and retention, um, having those conversations with prospective employees that, um, you know, explaining high level what employee ownership means and the fact that they get a, a stake in the game and not necessarily having to, to uh, work for the man that work for themselves, uh, that's a differentiator. So we are, are certainly using that as leverage to, to bring folks in in a tight labor market. You recently held your first ever shareholder meeting and stock price reveal. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? Uh, so we, we party, we celebrate at CK and one of the, the, pin the pinnacle of being an ESOP is when you get to uh, get your share price. And hopefully if you had a good year, um, ESOPs, you just get it once a year with a third party valuation. And it's, uh, usually, a, a um, an opportunity to educate and, and celebrate, which we had uh, tremendous stock price growth. So we decided to have a party and, um, make it a big event. So we, we did the education, but we also had uh, a lot of fun. We brought in food and, um, raffles and we had a CO2 cannon and, um, healing balloons and uh, champagne toast at the end. And my parents came and, and got to uh, see all the, uh, the shock and, and excitement when folks got to, uh, to see really what 
what ended up being 10% of their W-2 compensation was um, reflected in a, in a, um, a uh, contribution into their, their ESOP accounts, which is a, is a great benefit when you stack it up against all the other things that we do. As more and more companies are at that crossroads with executives reaching retirement age, why do you feel they should consider an ESOP? So if they're anything like the CK experience, ESOP, ESOPs didn't, we're, we're not the first, first consideration. Um, but really, there's not a lot of options. There's not a lot of options when it comes to what you want to do with your business. There's, there's a few traditional routes, and then we've seen kind of the uh, third-party sale routes. But ESOP has a great set of offerings, um, and it's certainly not for everyone, but with the limited number of options, I, I'm on a mission that uh, it needs to be on everybody's consideration list. You got to take a look. Um, they are underappreciated. They are overlooked. And oftentimes they're misunderstood. Um, I'm, I'm amazed. I've been through four years of undergrad business school, two years of graduate school, and ESOPs never even were taught in, in my business studies. And uh, they're starting to get more attention, but it's amazing how great the benefits are. Um, and speaking of the misconceptions, really, there's two big ones that um, I think are are a detriment to ESOPs, which uh, I, for, I found out firsthand were, were not necessarily the case. The first one being that um, you're going to sell your business for um, a, a premium or not a premium. Um, and, and in that case, it, the government has really incentivized uh, ESOP or business owners to consider ESOPs. Uh, there's particular things called a 1042 transaction and uh, a tremendous amount of tax savings that, um, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about what you keep, not necessarily what you sold for. And uh, when you do that math, it, it really does stack up as a competitive uh, exit plan. And then the other one that uh, often comes up is folks that want to stick around in the business are concerned that now there's the, the company is going to be ran by, you know, all, all 100, 200, 300 employees and um, it will be hard to get things done. Or this trustee that represents the, the stocks will not have, uh, will, will run, run around the business. And uh, that was certainly a concern for, for me as I'm, I'm early in my career. But um, the more we, I, I did interviews and, and asked around, um, they are not, trustees are not interested in, in deciding investments, hiring, firing, um, where you want to put your marketing uh, initiatives. They, they're primarily concerned that you got a strong management team in place, you're making good investments, and uh, you're being a steward to the, to the business and the shareholders, which, again, we were already doing. So um, I felt comfort there. And uh, if that appeals to, to some other uh, business owners, then I, I, would, I would challenge them to, uh, to either give me a call or, or start uh, searching around with some of the, the ESOP organizations and, uh, or some of the other GATA uh, ESOPs and, and ask, ask what, uh, what they think of it. Brad, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we go today? More than anything, I, I just... I, I think that um, I appreciate anybody that, that uh, is interested in ESOPs. Um, 
care about your brand, your employees, uh, the customers, you've been around a while like CK, um, it, it does offer a, a unique set of benefits. And um, really more than anything, I, I think that um, it, the Gauta community is stronger with, with independence. And we, we've seen some successful ESOPs that have been around for a long time. And um, I think it's something that uh, is truly val valuable as a, as a, an offering for, for our industry and um, appreciate Gata giving me an opportunity to uh, speak on, on our story and, and behalf of uh, the ESOP, ESOP uh, option. Brad, thank you so much for being back with us today. We really appreciate it. Hi, I'm Colleen Kohler and I'm with the Member Services Committee here with Engada and I'm here with Michaela from Red Ball Oxygen. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today. So Red Ball Oxygen has been a member for quite some time and with a past president of Bob Ewing, but you're a new member and a first timer here at the association convention. So can you tell us a little bit about your organization for those who don't know Red Ball and your position there? Yeah, absolutely. So Red Ball is an industrial gas and welding distributor. Uh, and at Red Ball, I am the uh, purchasing director. So I oversee the buying for all of our uh, 22 different locations. Oh, wonderful. So this being your first time here at an event, like what were you excited to about coming here today? Um, I think what I was most excited about was um, just networking. So, um, you know, being new to the industry, I don't really know a lot of people. Um, so really just coming, meeting new people, making those connections, that's what I was uh, most excited about. Um, and then really just learning. Um, I'm very new to the industry. I, I have a lot to learn. And there's definitely a lot of um, people who have been around for quite some time that I look up to. So um, putting uh, names with faces. So. Yeah, and so we're so excited to have you here. And you've jumped right in. You were at the Women of Gases and Welding event earlier today. So could you give us a takeaway that you got from WGW meeting today? Yeah, um, that was very, very eye-opening for me. I mean, just being in a room with so many powerful women, smart, powerful women, uh, it was very inspiring to me. Um, it gave me something to, you know, look forward to. Uh, and it also, like, you know, let me see all of the resources that I have within this industry. Um, and it, it was comforting to me because not only am I uh, a young professional, I'm a young woman professional. So, um, yeah, it was just really great to meet all of these women. Awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And we can't wait to see how you excel within the association. Yeah, yeah thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to attend more uh, God events in the future. So. Today's member news segment is brought to you by Anthony Welded Products. With carts, cradles, cages, and pallets, Anthony has a model for every purpose. We begin today with some sad news. Gauda extends his condolences to the friends and family of industry veteran Wilson Tidwell, who passed away at the age of 78. Wilson never met a stranger or anyone he didn't like. He will be missed by all who knew him. In happier news, O.E. Meyer announced construction has begun on its new mixed-use retail and distribution facility in Avon, Ohio. Mississippi Welder Supply Company announced that Troy Elmer will succeed Scott Myron as president. Brian Oder was named CEO of Vendor Managed Gas. CK Supply was named a top workplace in St. Louis by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Paige Kaplan-Taylor was promoted to Vice President of Kaplan Industries. Gas Equipment Company appointed Jason Steichen as its new Vice President of Finance. The IWDC hosted a successful sales and purchasing convention in Indianapolis from June 18th to the 20th. 
Owisco announced the launch of its new website. Meritus Gas Partners announced a partnership with Global Calibration Gases. Select Gases announced the establishment of NextGen Biobanking LLC in Norcross, Georgia. Weldcoa welcomed Christy Weiss as a new project engineer. Buggo Systems appointed Keith Edge as its new operations director. And finally, Anthony Welded Products announced the launch of its new website. To learn more about any of these member news items, or to submit member news of your own, read the full July 15th Gauta Connection in your email inbox today, or by clicking the link in the description below. Gauta Media is the go-to resource for news and information about the gases and welding industry. Through our wide variety of publication platforms, Gauta Media keeps our members up to date on all of the most breaking news, emerging trends, and member events in the industry. Want to get your company's message seen? We have a quarterly print publication, a twice-monthly newsletter, an online buyer's guide, and a twice-monthly news show. If it's happening at Gas and Welding, it's happening on Gauta Media. Want to learn more? Contact your Gauta Media representative today. And that's our show for this month. Once again, registration for the Central and Northeast Regionals are open now. And if you've already registered for this year's annual convention in Hawaii, make sure you're going through the attendee list and the contact booth program list to make your plan of attack. October will be here before you know it, and we can't wait to see everybody there. On behalf of all of us here at Gauda TV, this is Steve Guillermo signing off.